Welcome to Footnotes, a podcast created by the Sydney University Law Society and sponsored by Gilbert and Tobin. Before we kick off season two, we have a mini episode to share with you from last season. It's pop culture versus reality. We take a look at how TV shows and movies like Suits or Legally Blonde really compare to law and practice. We will be releasing episodes monthly, so keep an eye on the Sol's Facebook page and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Welcome to Footnotes, a podcast created by students at Sydney Law with the aim of tackling topics, issues and questions you may have about everything and anything to do with the law. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Chloe. Today, we wanted to discuss a topic that has been growing in prominence in the past decade. Today, we will be discussing how the way in which we consider the law profession has changed over the years and how our views have been shaped by popular culture. The legal profession has in the last decade become an overrepresented field in popular culture. We see in television in particular this huge rise of fast-paced, dramatic shows such as Suits and The Good Wife that paint quite an ideological view of the profession. Because you were involved in Mr. Kimball's murder or because your of the Your Honor, leak it is the, not your place to ask my witness. Yes, it is, Mrs. Florick. Now, you are taking the fifth. Your Honor, if you compel my witness to answer this question, I am moving for an immediate mistrial. Denied. I'm asking a simple question. You are not, sir. Mrs. Florek. You are piercing the Fifth Amendment right. Mrs. Florek, shut up. No, sir. Excuse me? Here you can hear lawyers standing up to judges and acting in a manner that would be unacceptable in the real world. In each show, in fact, usually within a single episode, a case is brought forth to the audience's attention, solved, and then closed. Now the law is generally supported by a range of complementary discourses which do often accord with dominant cultural values such as honesty, justice and consistency. It is a cultural capital of sorts and hence law has become a part of culture because of how much it influences it. However, the media as a cultural facet today plays a role in creating a crisis of confidence in the law through its own discourse. So this brings us to our first question. Is law, and our meaningful understanding of it, endangered or enlightened by the influence of popular culture? Firstly, we have to acknowledge that the term popular culture cannot be easily defined. There is a distinction between popular culture and high culture that must be acknowledged. Both manifest itself in books, movies, TV shows, plays and songs, and can both explore the same subject matter. This results in an ambiguous overlap of forms, representations and messages. We can distinguish popular culture, however, by the complexities contained within it that lead to its significant role in shaping society. Popular culture creates messages about how the world is, meaning viewers can accept these messages as a reflection of reality to some degree. This means that audiences can in turn expect a degree of realism in how society is portrayed. In our case, they expect an accurate portrayal of how the law works and how lawyers act. This is where law is endangered by popular culture. There is a notable inaccuracy in the portrayal of certain aspects of the law that is brought about by the need to make law entertaining to the mass audience. One obvious example being how a courtroom trial works. As seen in a show like Suits, courtroom trials are much more dramatized and ignore many legal complexities. 
Given that you smoked all this pot, Mr. Evans, isn't it possible that if Mike Ross commuted one day a week to Harvard Law that you might not remember that? I'd remember. Yeah, maybe you would, but you'd lie through your teeth about it anyway, wouldn't you? Objection. We should also bring up here that most of these shows are about criminal and corporate law. As Mark Friedman jokingly states, there are no songs, movies, or television programs about Medicare, dog licenses, zoning laws, or overtime parking, all of which people certainly do know about. It noted in a 2005 study on the pop culture legal realist movement that the vast majority of television and film depictions focused on litigation attorneys and trials, which have greater dramatic potential and are the civilised equivalent of combat. Shows featuring lawyers also have been used as vehicles to portray the gamut of human tribulations and emotions where the legal proceeding was merely an aside to the story. For example, shows such as Ally McBeal are shows about people who just happen to be practicing law versus shows such as Law and Order, which have almost no character development and instead wholly focus on each week's new trial. Previously on Ally McBeal. What are you doing? I'm... I'm practicing for a party. A party has to have dancing. It's a total failure if people don't dance. We do not want the reputation of giving bad parties. These stereotypes have very little to do with the reality of the legal process, as real cases rarely go to trial. Criminal defendants are almost always convicted or accept a plea bargain. Witnesses rarely break down on the stand, and courtrooms are run by the judges, not the litigants. The study also noted that even the real trials portrayed on television distorts the process of the law. For example, Court TV, an American digital broadcast network which shows live trial coverage during the day, airs a disproportionately large amount of cases that will titulate the public, such as murder trials, sex crimes, and celebrity disputes. A striking absence in popular culture's law is the portrayal of paper lawyering that lawyers do on a daily basis. Researching the law, reviewing documents, are some examples of this. However, interestingly, literary works are more likely to display such activities, possibly due to their increased length, and room for additional character development. This study surveyed television shows featuring lawyers including Law & Order SVU, Law & Order, The Practice, and Lion's Den, to analyse what they did on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. It also surveyed first-year law students to gain a rough idea about viewers' perceptions of lawyering, ultimately finding that their responses were more similar to the realities of lawyering rather than to primetime portrayals. In fact, this level of stereotyping also extends to judges. Friedman reported that the California Commission of Judicial Performance has received complaints about judges who fail to act like they do on television. Now we can stare back to the television show Suits which we use as an example because it is one of the most well-known legal shows of the 21st century. I, for one, remember many a classmate citing it as the reason why they pursued a law degree in the first place. In Suits, the lawyers are stereotyped to be unethical, money-centred and self-serving. Characters such as Harvey Specter are cocky and self-aggrandizing, yet we love him as an audience because he is also portrayed as a good lawyer who bathes in the riches that manifest from his victories. This is Harvey Specter. He's our best closer. Oh, terrific. You're sticking me with a losing case and a girlfriend who isn't going to like me any more than she likes you. Well, I'm sure it's not the first time someone hasn't liked you, Harvey. 
Who doesn't like me? Ultimately, people want to watch interesting characters and interesting stories. The legal profession, while interesting, is not the fast-paced environment with weekly multi-million lawsuits and trials on serial killers that it is made out to be on television. The same rings true for medical shows and cop shows. Law, medicine and law enforcement create inherently dramatic situations that allow the audience to escape their own reality, even if for a brief moment. So, we've established that in many ways, popular depiction of the legal profession over-glamorises the field. But are there any ways in which the law is enlightened by popular culture? Well, one example would be the use of popular culture in teaching. Despite its oversimplification and glamorization, legal shows and novels, images from popular culture, can all be used as examples of teaching materials, helping audiences understand and digest legal issues in a more accessible way. The defendant is not guilty in this country. Our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, all men are created equal. The late Paul Joseph, Associate Dean and Professor of Law at the Law Center of Nova Southeastern University in Florida, noted that his experience in incorporating images of popular culture in his teachings had been uniformly positive. For example, he noted that law students can often have very rigid positions about issues such as abortion. Encountering the broader issue of rights in different forms, for example in science fiction films, books, short stories and television forms, prompted them to rethink previously held views and make new arguments to support their position. Drawing upon depictions of the legal profession and teaching can also illustrate how legal principles operate in practice, helping students better understand the material. Unlike many of my colleagues, I will not be teaching you how to study the law or theorize about it, but rather how to practice it in a courtroom, like a real lawyer. Now to our first case study. Inaccuracies about the law that are identified in popular culture can also help provoke discussions about what would really happen in the situation portrayed, although this is evidently only the case where such inaccuracies are noted. It is also important to realise the power in the viewer's interpretation of popular culture within the context of mass distribution of popular culture itself. The intention of popular culture is to be mass distributed. The meanings of popular texts can be often open to multiple interpretations. This, in turn, stimulates a discussion about the legal field, which is always good. Though at times such discussions may be misguided due to the portrayal of the legal field in a different way, we would consider the presence of a discussion better than the alternative, which would be the lack of a discussion in any form whatsoever about the law. That, to us at least, would lead to more misinformed views than our present reality. Further, the presence of the law and the legal profession in pop culture does enforce important social expectations on the judicial system. This is especially the case with the cult classic 12 Angry Men. Friedman notes that in the movie that whilst jury studies show that the chance of a single holdout convincing the other jurors is almost impossible, the character, juror number 8, could be interpreted as representing a significant message. 
This is especially important given that confidence in the judicial system by public opinion is what gives it the legitimacy to a large extent. There are 11 votes for guilty. I won't stand alone. We'll take in a guilty verdict to the judge right now. But if anyone votes not guilty, we stay here and talk it out. So where does that leave us? Do we like how the media is portraying those in the legal field? Or do we try to challenge such perceptions? If anything... It's the Constitution, it's Mabo, it's justice, it's law, it's the vibe, and... Uh, no, that's it, it's the vibe. I rest my case. That was sensational. Season 1 of Footnotes was written and produced by Jeffrey Koo, Annie Chen, Jonathan Shaw, Justin Lai, Vivian Lin, Julia Saab, Madeline Scott, Chloe Khoury, and me, Alana Callis. To find out more about Footnotes or the Sydney University Law Society, head to the SULS Facebook page or website www.suls.org.au. Thanks for listening. See you next season.